This is Five and Friends. Five friends, five perspectives, all five. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode, everyone. My name is Zen. Don't ask why, just put an I. And with me is the usual crew at this point. It is Summer and Amna. What's up? Hey, 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 hey. hey. What's up, what's up? What's going on? How's it going, guys? Pretty good. Great. Same time. Oh, great. Zen, good. great. Okay. No, I'm good. Sorry, I'm drinking water. The, oh, this is I'm not drinking ginger ale on the rocks today. I'm drinking um, just water. For the first time forever. Yeah, for the first time in a while. I just didn't feel like drinking ginger ale today. Nobody I'm else little, went uh, with my hashtag on the rocks thing. Yeah. Just didn't, didn't take off. Also. <laughs> See? I told you, I don't think it's that outrageous of a claim to say well, that. Well, we only you know, did it once. We, have, we had to do it like over and over and over again. It's not easy to yeah. constantly take and then pictures I... of your drinks when you, like, you know, if I just constantly don't think like, that, like, I just don't think about taking pictures of my drink. Or of my life. <laughs> right. Or, exactly. or of your life. So before we start, yeah. um, I think Fob and Friends wanted to make a little, um, just, uh, I don't know, just say something in response to the shooting in Las Vegas. This is the largest mass shooting in United States history, modern history. And um, I feel like every mass shooting has been the largest mass shooting in history. And it's really just um, heartbreaking and disheartening. And um, our thoughts and prayers and condolences go to everyone affected and those who've passed on. Yes. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I know it's just been one of those like crazy kind of like, yeah, I like I, I still can't really wrap my head around it. Like, I just don't understand what's going on. I don't think anyone really understands what happened and what, you know, any of the details. So, yeah, no, our thoughts and prayers to all of them who are affected. Yes, and if you can give blood, give blood to the Red Cross. I don't know if they need blood still, but I mean, always just give blood. And also never, uh, don't also forget that just because this is happening and that this is you know, what's prominent on the news that people are also still suffering from in Puerto Rico as well. And um, mm-hmm. just donate, donate, donate. See. Yep. <laughs> Whether it's Vegas or any other of those unfortunate um, events, just keep donating. Your time or yeah. your money or your efforts. And or all three. Yes, that would be the best. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, to pivot, I guess from there. Um, so how's everyone's weeks been? I heard, you know, I heard that this uh, birthday bash that you guys had was pretty awesome. Yes, I had a surprise party that Amna threw, and she had the help of one of my friends, Sapna. So shout out to her. Um, but they threw uh, mainly it was Amna's idea, so she gets weird real credit for it, but threw me a surprise party for my birthday it was really nice and i was actually surprised you know summer you kept saying on this podcast that you wanted to have a party and but you don't have friends and so i was like you're right let's do this let's throw a party well um did i have people that clearly care about me um but i only had like three friends come so yeah but friends 
<laughs> a lot of people weren't obligated to be there. You know what I'm trying no, to say? No, almost everybody that came. It's not that only three people showed. Uh, way more showed than that. But it was like all people that I care about and their family and and stuff. And they also only had one week's notice. They had less than a week. I told them on Sunday and the party was Saturday. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. Out of everyone that showed up, I was the me, me and Maz were the only ones that didn't really show up. That's yeah, but I have, I had a legit. I, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I don't know about Maz. I don't know what his excuse was, and whenever he does show up on this podcast, whenever that may be, he will, he will address that. But um, yeah, no, I had a, uh, I had an ailment. I was about to die for four hours. <laughs> First of all, that's not true. Second of all, I mean, you may have been sick, but you, 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 you were fine. No, well, okay, so yeah, I mean, basically, without going into the graphic details, um, she, it, uh, uh, what do you call it, I, you know, I had, like, really good food the day before, and the day that, of, of the, the thing, I got really sick, and I was feeling like I was gonna throw up, um, the entire day. Um, did you throw up? Well, I'll never no, fully no, I didn't. forgive you. I- <laughs> I didn't fully I didn't like when I did okay so like I, said, I don't want to be too gross but when I did throw up it was basically like <laughs> like like just Nothing. spit and like spit and like stomach acid at that point because it was just like I was just hawking nothing like I was just because I because I digested the food and I had that like at 12 p.m. the day before so I it, it, it might have been that food but I don't know but like yeah I, I was a st- empty stomach dry heaving about nothing and I just couldn't like it was awful, but yeah, but then I got better, and but it was too late at that point. So well, like I said, I'll forgive you somewhat, but not hundred um, <laughs> percent. That you weren't there for me on my surprise birthday, so thanks a lot. Yeah, you should have had, you know, cocktail rolls and biryani the night before. You should have known. Hey, I should probably eat light. <laughs> yeah, because there but who would have thought a that of... twenty-four hours later I would be dying? <laughs> uh, me. I just had a feeling. Uh, I had a feeling you wouldn't come. But, ooh. but oh my god! <laughs> Listen, I. <laughs> yeah, no, but like, but I, but but the thing is though, like, I, like I was saying in our first attempt of this episode, we like we were. I was saying how like this, you know, this place that I went to, like I don't want to say anything bad about it because the food was actually good. I just. I just might have, I don't know, maybe it was just something in it that kind of ruined it. And I, but I don't blame the restaurant until I get it the second time because I actually do want to go back there. Oh my but God. Yeah, I, I got... hope you get sick because then, because then that's like, you deserve that for going back. But the place is good though. Like, like okay, so <laughs> this place is awesome. Like it is one of those, it was, it's a modern Indian, um, Indian restaurant and it's basically Chipotle for Indian food. And then, to, long story short, it's basically like you walk up, they have choices of meat, you get your kachi rolls, your biryani, your samosas, or whatever type of meal that you can prepare, and they make that meal for you fresh there. Can so I, I just yeah, do one thing? This sounds like such a stupid hipster place, and the <laughs> fact that you went there to support it is ridiculous when you can go eat your real desi kana, A, at your own house, or B, in Jackson Heights. <laughs> You went to some like hipster Indian place. <laughs> no, but but okay. So like I've already had too much Jackson Heights. I need to change it up though. Like I don't. 
We've haven't we've been having Jackson Heights since we're like little kids. I'm sick and tired of Jackson Heights. Um, there's so <laughs> many. You live in New York City. I don't want to hear it. Go to, like, well, yeah, exactly. You go to the Dan Kipster restaurant that gives you food poisoning, and then you're like, it was still good. Blah blah blah. Like evolutionarily, <laughs> your body should like want to repel anything that could have gotten you sick, and this is why. You shouldn't have kids because you're <laughs> That's like little extreme, Amna. <laughs> you're passing on defunct genes. <laughs> willing to go and eat poisonous food again. Like No, that's not passing. He's just it's his uh Queens, Brooklyn, wherever you live now way of just like <laughs> No, that's like no. dumb. Like if he was in the wild, he'd die. Because he'd go back to the food source. Like, like I got him sick. Right. So I'm saying evolutionarily, don't have kids because you're not the fittest. Damn, that's just harsh. But, but okay, so like, let me tell, let me ask you this then, right? So if you got sick at a restaurant, or let's say not at a restaurant, something that's a big like, you got sick at Chipotle, would you just completely stop eating Chipotle? Yeah. Yeah. I've done it. Actually, you're right because I've done it too. But <laughs> like so I don't know. So I don't know why. I don't know why I'm defending this place. I just, I it legitimately was good food though. Like I was okay. So the reason why I keep saying that is because I walked in truly believing that this place was going to be awful. I was like, this is the stupidest place. We this is not this. Who's going to eat this biryani that's made being made by some like rando person in like Brooklyn? And, like I don't want. I want legit food. And then, like, the reviews were good, so I was like, okay, maybe I'll... Okay, let's try it. Let's try it. And then I actually was surprised at how good it was. But it clearly got me sick, so... <laughs> so well, I, not so only gonna, did it do that... I'm in a turmoil. You should never go back to it, because you didn't get to come to my surprise party. Yeah. Hey, you So... Hey, you know what? All right. Well, then yeah. you're surrounded by women now on this podcast. We're just gonna, like... <laughs> Tear you apart. All right. On that note, um, follow us on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Ten minute podcast. It's podcast. It's podcast light. <laughs> podcast light. Yeah. It's a little too light. Only ten percent fat. Ten percent somewhere or one sixth. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean. If a hundred percent is sixty minutes, then someone think about that. We only think did about ten it. minutes. Six, six minutes would then be ten percent. Nope. Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Alrighty then. Um, so what's the topic for today? Well, since we're now in our first Halloween topic, it's about the... And someone give me a drum roll. Widgie board. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. We're talking about Ouija boards today. And the rules, and the regulations, and the policy. No, I'm just joking. We're talking about scary stories, um, different experiences, and the rules of Ouija board. Because if people don't know those, that they exist. You want to know my rule for it? Never play, play it. it. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think out of the, the three of us here, I'm the one that's, like, the most uneducated to the Ouija board like I know what it is I'm not saying that I'm like I don't know what it is I know what it is and I know how you know like I, 
Okay, no, maybe not. Maybe I don't know how what it is. <laughs> like, like va- my only knowledge of Ouija board is basically scary stories that you find in Nickelodeon and like movies. Basically, and that's my only experience of Ouija boards. I have no idea how you set it up. I don't know what you do. What kind of chant you say beforehand? Do you say some sort of weird witch tra- witchcraft stuff? I don't know. I don't know. It could be anything at this point. So I'm here to learn. I don't know either, and I don't want to know. <laughs> Um, well, that's what we're doing tonight, so there's no, like, you can't get out of it. Unless you, like, exit the podcast. What I mean by I don't want to know is it's going to be useless information for me since my rule number one is never play it. We should definitely live podcast with video us doing Ouija board. Nope, never going to do it. I do it. If the fans want it. No, I don't care what my fans want. I am not putting myself in. I'm not going to sacrifice myself for my fans. Sorry, fans. But you're not worth demons. This is why you'll never be famous. Because you won't sacrifice anything for your fans. I'm not getting possessed and becoming the exorcist. Let me tell you that. I would do it. Uh, Invite me over. I'll do it. I'll be the one to move that little piece around. Whatever it's called. The little, like magnifying glass. I'll do it. Uh, it's not a magnifying glass. It's a. <laughs> I know. I, I don't know what it's called though. Whatever that is, a piece of glass. Ouija boards. It, it, Ouija boards don't have to be like that. Like that traditional. Like you could make a Ouija board by yourself. Really. Um, and to speak about Ouija boards, we have a special guest. Uh-uh. So, without further ado, this is my sister. Sabina, and um, she's going to talk about herself and her personal rules and regulations of Ouija board and if she wants a personal experience, but maybe not. Hi, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me. Um, Hello. Happy to join. So uh, I'm glad that people are only asking me to speak for a couple of minutes, uh, especially because you only ask me to speak for weirdo things. So, you you know, to to a lot of the listeners out there, Sabina, you're basically just like some enigma, (laughs) like it's just like some some just like you know some person who just touched every single ghost out there in the world, and like I know I come off like a a quack, like a neurotic quack. That's actually uh, not true. I have a, you know, a pretty steady job, a normal life, <laughs> two kids, uh, work. You know, I, I do normal things. So I think uh, my family has made me out to be a lot cooler than I actually am. She's pretty you know, cool. She's pretty cool. That's probably what Beyonce says too. I'm just normal. I just work. I have two kids, three kids. You know, yeah, but I'm clearly not. Okay, well, (laughs) (laughs) no one's clearly Beyonce, but you're pretty close. You're like the ghost Beyonce. Not that cool. Okay, so just a few things. So I started, just to background, I started playing the Ouija board when I was very young. I started in elementary school and stopped about eighth grade. Um... The rumor was that my elementary school, which I don't know or haven't confirmed till this day, was built on an old Indian graveyard, Native American. Uh, not 
fob Indian. <laughs> so it was built on an old Indian graveyard. And the idea was is that there were parts of the school that were haunted and specifically the library itself. And so a couple of girls that I knew were very into the Ouija board. And so we started playing one or two times in the library in an old elementary school. And so from there, it just kept transitioning and we started playing it a lot, a lot more. And as we started to play the Ouija board more, you know, part of it is that you have to believe in the Ouija board itself. You have to be psychologically somehow vested in it. If you don't believe, you're not gonna play. And obviously as an adult, I'm not sure how much I believe in anything. But at the time when I was younger, you know, being a child, you're, you're very open to the idea of things that are supernatural, whether it's gin, whether it's alien, you're just naturally very open to those concepts. And so I started playing when I was very young and I did a lot of things that were actually against the rules. So there's, there's a couple of basic rules that I learned about the Ouija board, which aren't necessarily, they're not in the instructions for the Ouija board. It's just those people that play the Ouija board and love the Ouija board have certain rules because they truly believe they're gonna connect with spirits. So the first rule is you obviously never play alone because if you play alone and you make a connection with the spirit, then it's basically you know holding on to you. And I guess what I was told, and you know for those people that are gonna go Google this or put it on the internet, which I haven't done, I was told not playing alone Playing alone is better, not playing alone, sorry, playing with a group of people is better because then the spirit doesn't necessarily know or have too many options to attach to a single person. There's too many options, basically. Well, yeah, exactly. There's too many options to attach um, to a single person. The second rule is is that there's called there's a little triangle on the board. I think there's an official word for it. I don't know it. I think it's called patch or some, something, but... It, it's this weird little triangle thing with a, a circle in the middle of it. And it goes over each letter when whatever spirit planchette. is. Planchette. That's what it's called. So you're never supposed to leave that alone on the board because that's the way that whatever you're speaking to, spirit, demon, whatever, is communicated through that planchette. And so you almost don't want to leave that on there because... I don't know if it, if it allows the spirit to like leave or you don't you normal you don't have control any of it anymore. I'm not really quite sure. Once again, you guys can go ahead and look this up more. There's not surprisingly, not surprisingly, a ton of YouTube videos on this and a ton of people that talk about this in forums and their experiences. Um, when I started playing the Ouija board, there was no forums, experiences, internet searches, computers or anything else where I could go and look anything up. So everything I heard was more word of mouth at the time of people that were just interested in playing. The third yeah. thing that I was always taught is you always have to say goodbye. So when you play yep. the Ouija board, you have to bring it to the good, goodbye place and leave. You can't just whack the planchette off the board and expect uh, you know, that the game's over. So basically, if you don't say goodbye... The game still goes on whether or not you have put the Ouija board away. Fourth thing is you don't ever burn a Ouija board. If you want to get rid of it, you need to bury it. And once you bury it, you're supposed to either do some sort of protection spell or prayer or throw holy water. Um, in our case, Abizamzam on top of <laughs> our holy water. <laughs> 
on top of the area where you um, buried it. And the reason for that is if you throw away, if you burn the Ouija board, what if there was a spirit attached to it, you know, it's now permanently attached to you. Mm. And hmm. and the last thing is is that you, ne- you never ask the Ouija board um, if you're going to die because that's just bad luck. And usually when you want to know something like that, you know, the human psyche tends to cling to something that they've heard or somebody did something stupid and now you've convinced yourself that you're going to die. So it's just generally bad luck. And so those are really what the rules are of the Ouija board. I have actually played, obviously, in a library. I don't know if it's haunted. I've played at people's houses. I've played at a cemetery, which is also another rule that you're not supposed to do, is play the Ouija board at a cemetery. Uh, I've done that. Did you play it in the Stephanie Cemetery? No, I played it. uh, There was somebody that lived across the street um, in a different part of Monroe, in a very small, kind of like, isolated family separate uh, cemetery mm. near wolf park and so i was across from that oh i know what cemetery yeah i was about. in a house across from there so technically i wasn't in the cemetery but it was extremely close um and so that's you know that's kind of my experience with the ouija board so interestingly enough when i play the when i when i did play the ouija board uh and so me and my friend would play the ouija board and with with people and whether or not they were there or I was there, the name of a spirit would always appear every single time. So the same name of the spirit would introduce itself, whether I was playing, whether she was playing, whether I was there that day, whether she was there that day. If one of us there, one of us was there, whether or not our hands were on the board, that name or that spirit would always enter the board. Now. It could be just simply coincidence or it could, you know, if you truly believe in the Ouija board, then we actually have connected. We, both of us, because we used to play a lot alone too, connected with the spirit and it became attached. I never owned a Ouija board and neither did she, ironically. So I feel like, uh, you know, part of the Ouija board's power is held by the Ouija board. Um, I've never gotten it as a present. Uh, you know, and as much as I'm grown up and I'm older and I don't really believe in that much anymore, if somebody brought me a Ouija board, I'd probably be extremely freaked out because the idea is once the Ouija board attaches to you, you can't escape it. So somehow you'll get it back. Whether you bury it, somebody will bring it to you for a present, your child will get it. Somehow that Ouija board or a Ouija board will return back in your life. Oh, that is so creepy. So weird. And, that, I know. and that's about that's about it so i don't know you know if you guys have any questions for me or you had any thoughts um have you ever had a have you ever had a bad experience with the ouija board you don't have to tell the experience other than getting the same name that's a bad experience but it's also like it's not an experience as much as a pattern but like has there been one time where you played where or was the last time you played, like, because of a certain reason that something happened and you just decided, nope? So the last time I played the Ouija board, it was in front of the cemetery. And um, some random, we were sitting outside, don't ask, in, like, probably twilight. So it wasn't quite dark. It wasn't quite, um, it wasn't day anymore. It was the sun was setting. And... 
some random woman was walking by and our town is a very small town and she actually stopped us from playing and sat down with us and said, you know, why don't you take your, why don't you enter off the board? And she told us a number of very, very scary stories. Um, I don't remember at this time, I'd really have to kind of dig deep and think, but I don't really remember the stories, but those stories traumatized me so much about people's experiences with the Ouija board that I actually, that was the last time I touched it ever again. And I don't know, uh, you know, I had a lot of very, very bad nightmares, probably from age seven to when about, sorry, to about when I started playing the Ouija board to about when I started ended the Ouija board. And that doesn't mean I stopped enjoying scary stories or watching horror movies, but I had, I, I, I shouldn't say they ended. My, my, my nightmares lasted a very, very long time, but they were really, they're really frightening nightmares. They're the kind of nightmares where, you know, you wake up, you realize you're in a dream and you just can't move your body. I think there's a special sleep term. paralysis. Yeah. So I unfortunately had so many nightmares where I'm in sleep paralysis. So I'm awake but my brain is still running and I cannot move, I cannot do anything and whatever's coming towards me or whatever's happening is not is, is still going on in my brain. So I'm awake and experiencing it. And so that that happened for many, many, many years and that stopped. And a part of me wants to think or thinks that, like I said, I'm older and I'm grown up and it all sounds like, you know, my dad would say, uh, you know, it all sounds crazy and I'm not and uh, I've lost my mind or there's no such thing but those night you know if you if you believe in the Ouija board and what it's supposed to do you know basically if there was something wrong with the Ouija board it had a technically would have attached themselves to me and now I was haunted by nightmares for many 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 years and so you know as an adult I really haven't I don't have nightmares often you know, just not often at all. Maybe if I watch a scary movie, maybe something shows up in my dream, which is actually very normal. But the things with my nightmares from the Ouija board wasn't that necessarily something that day it was scarier. I'd watched a horror movie, but I continuously had nightmares for a very, very long time. And that kind of triggered you to be like, maybe this isn't for me anymore. <laughs> yeah, it just got really intense. Like, even the people I was around were just, like, really into it. And wanted to like, you know, bring the experience with the Ouija board to the next level. And, you know, a part of it is, is it the Ouija board or have you really just entered this crazy reality within yourself where you start believing in crazy theories or crazy thoughts or crazy ideas and, you know, you start to mix your imagination with what's reality. And so I, at that point, um, I was only in eighth grade, but I, at that point, realized that, you know, this is kind of, this is kind of nuts, and I don't want to go any deeper than I already had been. So, I have a question. Um, you said that the Ouija board, well, I mean, kind of what you heard is that it somehow always follows you. Does that mean it only follows you, or it follows, like, everything and everyone around you? No, it's just basically attached to you. Um, and so, like, people play the Ouija board because they feel like it's connecting with spirits, so there can be good spirits or bad spirits. But what I was told um, is that 
any spirit that tries to contact you through the Ouija board is not a good spirit. Like mm. it's, you know, if it's a good spirit, that's not the way it would try to contact you. Um, for people that believe in spirits, it would be, you would have different experiences, whether it's through dreams or whether through signs, but there would be like happy ways to experience, mm. you know, they wouldn't be coming to you through that mean to communicate you. Anybody that's good or nice or loves you wouldn't, that, that's not the way that they would try to communicate. So I was told that whatever comes on that board is not usually pleasant. That doesn't necessarily mean it's, you know, going to haunt you. Or like a demon or anything, but just. It could be, but whatever it is, it's not, it's not in a good place. Hmm. So like, what type of questions do you mm. ask the Ouija board? Like, what, what would be a typical question that you would ask? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that you would just be like, hey, you know, uh, hey how's it going ghost <laughs> like what's up but like like what kind of what kind of questions you would would you ask when you're ha- when you have a ouija board in front of you well i was an eighth grade this i mean sixth grade <laughs> seventh grade eighth grade girl so most of our questions were like am i gonna get married <laughs> am i gonna have kids you know like really stupid ridiculous questions i mean we weren't asking mind-boggling questions um, once in a while, you know, we would say, you know, we would ask the name, how old you are, who you are, what's your story, you know, um, but most of all, mo- most of the time it was just like silly girl questions and it was just more exciting to see the little planchette moving across the board than it was actually the questions we were asking. And I think that's most people that play the Ouija board don't play it to like, you know, it's, it's just usually just fun like it's fun and exciting to see if anything happens Mm. did you ever uh move the the planchette to like mess with anyone i don't think i purposely did but i'm sure i did (laughs) you know i'm like i'm sure you know you do right like right or you're just like holding your finger in one place and somebody moves a little to the left somebody moves to the right their their hands jerk because they're jerking so (laughs) i i'm sure i'm sure like 99 well if you believe in it, right, like, I'm sure that, but even those that believe in it, probably 99% of the time, it's, it's you know, it's not really. It's not really connecting with to anything. anything. It's just you're connecting. Somebody's messing with you or somebody's moving it on purpose. Did you have a specific experience where you really thought that you connected with something? Yeah, I mean, there was many times that I thought that, I mean, look, the same spirit that would appear on the board over and over and over again. And the spirit's name is not short. It's very long. So to go through the whole exercise of spelling it out, you know, when I was in the room or when she was in the room is not something that somebody would always intuitively know, or maybe they just, you know, I I don't know. So it's, uh, that's why there were many serious experiences. I mean, there was one time and I, I think about it, and I'm like, I don't know if that happened or if it was just girls messing around. But there was one point where we got really scared when we were playing. And I swear to God, you know, like, I think I was just very scared, but somebody had either picked up the planchette. So from the corner of my eye, it looked like I was floating, and then I, you know, knocked it out of the way. The planchette was floating. Yeah, that's what it looked like. But it might have just, like, assumed we were at a party and, like, a little girl's party. And somebody might have just picked it up and from the corner of my eye. So 
you know, it looked scary. So I didn't actually like see it, like anything like that happen. So, but at the time I thought it was the scariest thing ever, but looking back as an adult, you know, you try to rationalize everything. And in my head, I think that was just somebody that, you know, somebody had picked it up and it, it just wasn't paying attention. Interesting. Mm. That's so scary. Summer's scared. She says she'll never play it ever. Nope. I mean, I would play it again now. You would? Yeah. I mean, I've sworn it off, but like if somebody brought one to a party, I would sit there and play it. Like I wouldn't be scared of it. But I'm at a very different place. Like I don't, I'm not a little girl that believes in that anymore. Samra. <laughs> you know, like I, I don't believe in the Ouija board anymore. I don't think it can work. I think there's, you know, impossible. I think we all find aliens before we'll be able to use the Ouija board for spirits. But do you believe that you could contact spirits? Do you believe that's something that you can do? Or you believe that spirit, like, I, I'm, I guess I'm not asking if you believe in ghosts, but do you believe in, well, maybe I am asking if you believe in ghosts. I believe in something. I believe in something supernatural, but I don't know what that is. So do you believe that the Ouija board can contact it, or you just think that's just like a game? I think it's a game, but I think, I think the problem with the game is, is that you project yourself onto that game. Mm. right so maybe the evil spirit is just something you've created in your head and sometimes that's the worst right like creating something or thinking something like for example I used to know a guy um, who, who had a mental disability and he swore every single time in the room that he could smell demons he was mentally ill and so you know we would reassure that person that there was no such thing as demons but he he just was convinced that everywhere he went, he, he just smelled something terrible and he knew it was demons. And so th that's my point. It, you know, at what point, the reason I think the Ouija board is so dangerous is because you just start believing in it so much that it definitely psychologically affected me, right? Because I had nightmares for years and years and years. So, you know, it's nice, I mean, it's nice to think that, you know, or it's cool to think there's a spirit, but whether or not there's a spirit. It's more psychological than anything else. It's psychologically else. damaging, especially if you're young and you're playing, and you, or if you really believe in ghosts and spirits, then, but I, I do believe in something. I, I, I am open to the realm of supernatural things, even if it's through the Ouija board, because... I don't know what's supernatural or not supernatural. Maybe maybe that's how something supernatural communicates. But, I mean, like I said, it's not that if somebody sits and plays the Ouija board, I'd be like, oh, yeah, something, there's a spirit there. I mean, it would take a lot of convincing for me to believe that while I'm playing the Ouija board, there's actually a spirit there. What if you got the same name? Would you Would you feel like... Oh, I would stop playing and leave the room. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, because... The, the 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 name is so long. So if I came now and somebody was playing and that name popped up and I wasn't even on the board, um, then I'd be like, "That's it." That would make like, you a believer. <laughs> that would make you. <laughs> that would make you more of a believer because, like I said, it's not a very. It's so long the word that if somehow that came back, I'd be like, "I'm done." <laughs> I was like, "All right, I'm leaving." Bye. <laughs> I'd be like, uh, "F this." <laughs> I 
And, it, it, and um, it's, isn't it that, that you can't share the name with anyone because it is just like if you say it or, you know, something. Yeah, I never, yeah. never repeated it. So so I say I don't believe, but yeah, I, I can't mm. repeat the name. Well, as you said, it could be something psychological to you. It's a component that's already like always will affect you. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I haven't forgotten. So that so it's embedded in my head and. Whether or not it's real, I, I, I'm actually kind of frightened to say the name out loud because I don't want to invoke anything. It's like you don't say a demon's name out loud because you don't want it to make yourself vulnerable. Yeah, something. and then on the point oh 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 one percent chance it's real, <laughs> I'm, I'm about to. I'm not about to take that chance. I'm not the. I'm not the person to get shot in a horror movie or get killed. I, I get out. I go home. Yeah. Summer, are you scared? I'm very scared. You seem very quiet. That's why. <laughs> Summer's still trying to process it. No, I'm scared. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> yes, yeah, Summer, speak. It's just it. what? What do you need to say? <laughs> that stuff is so scary to me. See, it's like. Like when it's, it's real life. If it's in a movie and I watch it and it's like, oh yeah, it's scary, then I can maybe go home. But like when there's these are. When you when you have people who you know who have had experiences or whatever they may be, whether like Bina saying it could be true, it could not be true, depending on how you look at it or what you really believe. Um, I don't know. It's still freaky to know that these are you know real life stories, not in a movie. Yeah, I mean, it's like I mean, I I'm not saying that I don't believe any of these stories, and I've said this in the past, like horror you know podcasts that we had where it's like you know i i truly believe in uh, every story that sabina has said in the past uh, like i i believe in all of our family's weird issues that we have with the demons and the paranormal so like i believe all of that but i'm still the skeptic where i'm just like i don't like nothing happened to me so i don't i don't believe it you know like I, well i just shouldn't say i don't believe it but it's like i don't know if nothing happened to me then you know why would i want to believe it but like i hear these stories and i'm just like okay so clearly there's something going around around here. There is another being or whatever think, you want to call it, you know. I think with Sabina's stories though, like she's kind of said in the past with your stories, you're right here, um that it could be you know, something supernatural or it could be something that could be perfectly reasonably yeah. explained. Whereas, like, other people in our family have stories that are just beyond the realm of <laughs> sanity. Like, how do we... I, I, love, I, love the, uh, I, I love how we I paint our that. strange family of ours. All Daisy families have some story about some churel, some witch, or some, you know, s- s- something, because, you know, that, that's, how we, yeah. that's how our culture is. But I think <clears throat> why I think people so scared when I tell a story or really want to hear the way I tell a story is because um, I don't try to make it, you know, like this dramatic, scary thing. Um, I try to just paint a picture of what's, you know, of the facts of what's happened and why, why I can't explain those facts. So my nightmares, a lot of kids have, a lot of kids have nightmares. A lot of people have sleep paralysis, but for me, you know, I, I personally believe that my issues, my nightmares stem from what I did with that Ouija board. Um, 
it opened up a part of my brain or my psyche that I really wasn't ready to experience because I was too young and too naive and I couldn't kind of determine, I couldn't tell, like at, at that point mm. in my life, I couldn't tell if this was real or fake because I just thought it was real. You know, at 12 years old, you think that there's a spirit and something evil on that board. You think it, you feel it, you, you, you frightened, you're, you're shivering, you know, you feel like it's real. And, you know, I think like in horror movies, they always use children so much because there's like a realm of innocence and, you know, people that really believe, you know, so it's, you know, it's scary, but it's, you know, look, we have a huge vast universe and it's hard for me to believe that, you know, we're the only, we're the only thing on it. We're the only thing that's connected, um, in these different dimensions that we're on. So it's, that's why people are scared because it forces them to be like, well, she's not claiming that it's, you know, it was something scary. Like, I, I'm not saying there was a gin. I'm saying it might have just been my mind, which is in many ways a lot scarier, scarier than anything. Because if you start to really believe things are there that aren't there, you know, it's schizophrenia. It's, you know, it's other diseases. And sometimes when I've met people that have mental disabilities, sometimes I wonder if they're seeing more than we are. Yeah, yeah, like they can see the world, you know, they not the right way, but, you know, they have um, a lot more they have connection a, to it or or they something, you know, they see it differently. They see the world differently and it's not incorrect. We assume it's abnormal, but it might just be a different perspective. Maybe they are seeing things that we just can't see. Yeah, just like, you know, not trying to like compare people to animals or in any way but like just like you know how most animals <laughs> like we, we they, they get those i know right you have to all um, animals no it's just like how they get the feelings beforehand like you know when it comes to like a, a haunted area or not even just haunted let's just like even be more grounded like an earthquake or something they get that sense they just feel something happening and they just you know they act upon it immediately so it may, it's probably something like that where it just kind of have that like weird prime primal type I don't know something whatever that can like you know unlock a part of your brain. <clears throat> and, and I think that's a really interesting point. It's very interesting how you know if you don't hear the birds chirping or you don't hear any movement by the animals, there's it's real it's usually not the most comforting state because animals mm. do have that instinct so you know just like people or you know maybe there's you know a certain part of our brain that we don't understand or we can't unlock and and i think that's what's even more scarier right like we there's so much of who we are that we haven't discovered or we haven't unlocked and our potential and there's been studies where people are able to use a high level higher level of the their brain capacity, you know, like Einstein used a higher brain capacity than, you know, us <laughs> losers. And so us common folk. And so, and so like, what, what is that? So like, you know, are, are we just, when we do these scary things or we try to, are we just really opening up a part of our brain that we normally don't use like the average human? So I, I, I don't have any answers. It's just food for thought. Do you believe that due to these experiences that, or do you even believe at all that you 
can sense certain things or you have I mean, me and Summer have joked about this before, how we believe that you're a sensitive or that you can you have certain a certain knack for feeling energies and and more so than just empathy, you know, feeling the feelings of people around you, but feeling the energy of the space around you. Do you think that that you have that ability, even though I mean, we think that or and if you do think that, do you believe that it stems from you know opening yourself up to to honestly the Ouija board and that psychological impact it had on you? No, I don't think it has to do with the Ouija board. I think, look, I think all people experience that on some level. They walk right. into a place or they, you know, they're, you know, they're out with a group of friends and their friends want to do something and you're just like, I don't want to. I just have a really bad feeling, mm-hmm. you know? And, and it's not a feeling of like, okay, like, okay, we're going to get into a car accident and die, but sometimes that has happened. But, you know, a lot of times people say before a bad experience, they can feel it. Right. Or you've all probably experienced this where you think really hard. Really, you, like, I, I've actually done this experiment, which sounds crazy, but, you know, uh, I tell people to try it. But if you really concentrate on one person, you know, um, I'm not talking about that person you knew when you were four, but, like, somebody in your life um, – and you really concentrate on them, how often do the, does that person suddenly text you or call you or get in touch with you? Or you're on the phone and you're like, speak of the devil the minute you that talk about true. somebody. Hmm. So I think there's some, you know, I think there's some sort of connection that exists that we don't really understand. Um, but, you know, I just think that it's, it's this phenomena that happens where, you, you know, if you, me, and uh, Samra and Zan sit here and think really hard about his mom, and we just spent two minutes really focusing on that together. You know, it'd be a fun experience to see if you know she called Zan. You know, like really, she just <laughs> she just called she just, Zan, really so maybe <laughs> maybe that. Would... <laughs> uh, you know, I, I was I did you know, you know we're just I'm just messing with you, you know, but, but yeah, so she might. You know, and so how often. And I think like Chris Angel or one of those famous uh, magicians did this experiment too, where he had a group of people. He told some girl randomly to think of somebody and she did and she didn't tell him and she had the whole, and then she didn't tell him and she had the whole group basically um, think really hard about so-and-so's friend. And that person had not called her for like five years or six years all of a sudden, in that group at that moment, somebody called. And so there's just some sort of phenomenon that exists. So the whole point of my spiel off of on this question is, yeah, I do feel like, not necessarily I'm sensitive, but I do feel like I can walk into a space and not feel comfortable and just not like it. I feel like the area just causes me depression. I don't feel comfortable, like, you know, and I don't, honestly don't think, I think a lot of people can do that. Like they look for apartments and they walk into one apartment and they love it. They walk into another and they're like, I don't know. And it's not necessarily anything about the aesthetics. It's just that they, they don't like the way it's arranged or they don't like the feeling or, you know, they don't like the layout. It's too dark. It's too dreary. Um, so I, I think I feel... If I don't feel comfortable or I get a gut, feel, gut feeling or my instinct is not great about a place, it's usually, I usually don't want to be there for very long. 
I do think, though, that there people have a certain degree of that gut instinct, right? Some people, like I've talked to, have never felt that before. And some people I've talked to, like you, who kind of regularly feel like that, who can really just, like, sense an energy of a place. Maybe that's just how in touch you yeah. are to yourself, right? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's not just... I know I sound like such a kook. So for me, it's not necessarily just the place. It's also items. Like, there's certain mm. things, um, like, certain items that, like, I don't know. I'm like, ew. It's not like I don't like it because it's ugly. I'm like, that thing freaks me out. And it actually does freak me out. There's, like, a um, visceral instinct or whatever, like, a visceral reaction to a certain thing. Um, and it doesn't happen often, but it's just once in a while something will bother me. It's like that babysitting story that happened. Yeah, like which you'll a, tell hopefully. A certain item will bother me so much, and uh, and I can't explain why because it's an inanimate object, but I just don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Like... No, I mean, I I know that in the in whatever like the last going back to the last uh, scary story episode that we had, like I remember talking about this where it's you know walk going back to whole like you could get that sense when you walk into an apartment for the first time or a house for the first time because I already talked about this where it's like I walked into one of the apartments that were not apartment a a house that we were looking at and you just you walk in and you just have that weird uneasy feeling like your heart starts you know going faster beating faster you're like oh this is kind of like it feels like, you know, you're being weighed down by gravity. And it's just like, oh, this is kind of strange. Like, what am I doing here? And uh, and it's not just you. And it turns out that it's like everyone that was visiting that uh, that place also felt the same way. So, yeah, there is probably something very deep and deep behind that. Yeah, and I mean, like, it's just like, you know, sometimes you just are sitting there and you have a chill for no reason. You know, like... Uh, I can't explain certain things. I sound like a croc. That's what dad would say. You sound like a croc. But, I mean, in, like, looking at it from a more, whatever, science-y point of view, like, we are evolved to have certain instincts, right? Yep. And, you know, sometimes, like, you see a cat. Sometimes a cat all of a sudden gets really freaked out for no reason, right? Or it's looking at something and gets really... It has a visceral response. Like, what, what separates us, I mean, from having that sometimes? So just feeling something and our bodies responding to it. What that something is, who knows if we'll ever know, but that's, I mean, looking at it like that. So it not necessarily is, like, the energy and spirits of the universe, but more so we just have moments where our brains go into overdrive and we freak out. Yeah, I mean, our instincts, like you said, our natural instincts may kick in. And I think some people may actually focus on their natural instincts more than others. And so maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's not so much that I'm sensitive uh, in this weird sense, but I'm just more in tune with my natural instincts to what bothers me. So not necessarily what would bother somebody else, but something that bothers me. Right. Which is, you know, why I'm, a, you know, uh, now though, when I'm like, oh, I don't like something, everybody's like, all right, we are out. <laughs> I know. Some, Sabina will be like, I don't like the way this is. And we're like, change it, change it, make it better. <laughs> um, 
we we were talking about how we believe that Zan's mom can also kind of do that too. She kind of has a a uh, she she's in tune like you are with certain things. Yeah, she she she's actually probably more superstitious than I am by nature. Um, but she's um, she, she's also very similar where she doesn't like a certain place or a certain feeling. But my our mom's the same way. You know, there's so many times where we, you know, I don't even think mom knows that the uh, Fairfield Hills is abandoned. And because when we were little, I don't think she even knows or appreciates that. But we would drive by Fairfield Hills and she's like, I hate this road. Remember that? Yeah, mm-hmm. she still says it. She's like, I hate this road. And, you know, she I think she knows it's now. But this is like when we even first moved to that uh, that area. When we drove back Fairfield Hills, and for people that don't know, Fairfield Hills is one of the most haunted places in America, and it's a really long road that's in front of it, kind of long and kind of isolated. But every time my mom drove down that road, she's like, she would actually avoid that route and take a longer route because it bothered her so much. And so I think, I think we just, you know, sometimes we just have such a, a strong feeling about something. Yeah, I kind of have that feeling about that church, the Septi Church. Oh, yeah, but that's kind of a scary church in general. But even, like, during the daytime, if I look towards it, I get, like, kind of like my hair stand up. There's something about it, and that's church. Yeah, the Catholic Church. It looks like one out of a horror movie, though. It does. It really does. Like something that belongs in The Exorcist. Maybe I'm just, like, maybe I'm basic, and I'm like, that's scary looking, so I'm scared of it. Um... Fairfield Hills is, I mean, I think it's kind of hard for me to judge it because I, I, I've always kind of known that it's this abandoned asylum, so I'm freaked out by it. But that road, even not even passing by the asylum, but the road before it, you know what I'm talking about when you get off the highway? And it's that long stretch of road and there's like empty field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That freaks me out more than the actual passing by the building. It's that emptiness and that vastness and that knowing that there's just a bad energy. I don't know. But see, what's funny is I don't get scared driving down that road. No. I don't get scared. I just no, get... Or I don't have any feeling or I don't oh. feel like it's dead or alive or I have zero feeling when I when I pass by that. But mom always did. Like she had a really strong feeling and, you know, her intuition or her instincts were, you know... You know, my mom, mom is definitely not reading anything, you know, especially right. back in the day. There was no internet. There was no TV. She was, you know, just talking, you know, about cooking different types of halal. <laughs> she wasn't worried about, you know, all of these nonsense. You know, I think she has a very, you know, she's very in tune that way. Because me, I, I, I can drive by that road anytime and not, she literally avoids that road. It she does. bothers her so much that she'll avoid the road. She always like gets mad at me if I take that road. She's like, "Why are you taking it?" And she'll use the excuse that it's longer. She's like, "It's like Lumby. It's like a longer, um, a, a longer way to get to the highway." And I'm like, "No, mom, it's the same." But I think it, she uses it because she she doesn't like it. She doesn't like that road. So. You good? <laughs> I'm supposed to. Samra is literally 
so quiet right now. Sarah, wake up. Wake up, Sarah. I'm awake. I'm listening so intently and watching the hallway to make sure nobody walks by. <laughs> oh me. my God, Samra, your house is fine. No, it's I'm a very home. lovely house. I'm with mom. Huh? I'm with mom. She's with mom. Oh, that that home is fine too. Mom turned the TV off too. With holy water, with Zum Zum Bonnie, holy water. Um, any last questions that we have for Sabina before we let her go? So, you know, we don't want to. Well, you you only have five minutes left, so you might as well just uh, ask me whatever. If not, otherwise, wrap it up, people. Yeah. Nobody wants too. to hear you talk this much. That's also true. Um, I, I mean, I, I know. I guess, well, I, oh, sorry. Go. You go. I'm not sorry. Zen, no, no, Zen, you no, no, no. It has nothing to do with horror. It's not horror related at all. So you go first. <laughs> well, I was just going to ask if um, you would be willing to come back to tell everyone wants to hear you tell the babysitting story. Everyone, as in the three people on Fav and Friends that are recording this <laughs> this uh, all podcast, our, or all of our fans what? and followers. <laughs> yeah, I haven't I haven't seen one tweet on this. Well, Sabina, you don't even tweet. Yeah, well, I'm you know I'm just wondering if you guys you know would put my story out there. We've hyped it up, and then people listen to it, and they're like, "It ain't that scary." That's true, but. We can just say that right now that you said it yourself that it's not about you're not you don't try and make it scary you just tell this experience that happened to you which is a really um, intense it's intense and I think that's what makes it so scary because I think yeah interesting because I think that what makes it scary to me is I feel like it could happen to me that's what's scary about it like when I hear intense stories from our like our aunt where she sees like gins crawling across the floor. That seems distant. Whereas what you went through seems like, okay, if I go to a house tomorrow and I babysit, that could really happen to me. Yeah, people are creepy. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, I before Halloween I can uh, come on. I'll try, you know, to not keep it more, try to condense it and not talk for more than 15, 20 minutes. I don't know if people really want to hear the long drawn out version. Oh, uh, you'd be surprised. Um, I think they do. <laughs> I'm really worried about you, Samara. You're actually like scared, and you're with mom. I know. And I you're literally like probably in bed next to mom. No, no, no. I wouldn't be doing this next to mom. Um, I'm in my room. <laughs> she's literally in our mother's home with her mom in the next room, and she's so scared. <laughs> it's true. And I'm hearing all these cracks and pipes. It's the heat. Uh, well, <laughs> let's just say maybe mom doesn't have the heat on because it's freezing in here. Then it's the wood of her house creaking. Yeah, well, why don't you have her turn on? I don't understand. Turn on the heat, Samra. Stop complaining. <laughs> I would. Yeah, Samra. Come Well, anyway. Right, any last questions? Is there anything you guys... Before we say on yeah. this note... Um, no, I, I'm I'm good. I have no. nothing. I think all my uh, questions have been answered. Thanks, guys, for having. Yeah, me. thanks. Um, thanks for coming, and we're excited. In podcast, and um, I just like to say, come out to my event. Oh yes, so Sabina and um, her friend Nicole 
are hosting a giant charity fundraiser for Hurricane Maria relief um, through Save the Children. I'm volunteering and helping with it as much as I can. And it's gonna be huge. It's in New York for those who can make it out. Not the city, it's in Pelham in uh, via Kinetic Sports Club. And it's gonna have all these amazing um, uh, activities and a basketball tournament. And if you can't make it, please donate. The way to donate is to click buy tickets on our Eventbrite website and there's a donation option. Um, it goes to a really amazing cause like I spoke earlier uh, on the podcast. People are really suffering and every dollar counts. What's the uh, website if you just want to like, I guess, spell it out for everyone? Well, I'll okay. post it Fair on the Instagram and Facebook and Twitter so that everyone can see it. Um, but if I if I say it out, it's it's basically Hurricane Relief Halloween Fundraiser Eventbrite dot com. Cool. It also cool. has been posted through Fab and Friends um, on Facebook, but we'll reshare as well. It's an event via Fab and Friends because I had to do that for it, it's not Fab and Friends is not throwing this event, but <laughs> due to logistics, Fab and Friends looks like it's hosting the event on Facebook, <laughs> which is okay. And I just wanted to emphasize that you know um i know many of the listeners are south asian um and not all of them but you know for for better for worse most of us are listening to this because we are american or we have become american or we hope to become american and so you know as fellow citizens and americans you know we should be able to help out um our neighbors you know there's a saying you know, charity begins at home, so we should bring in charity here. And thank you guys once again. This, thank you so much to be thank here you, for coming you. on to this. It was amazing. Thank you, thank, thank you. you. And then on that note, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fob and Friends, Facebook.com slash Fob and Friends. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. I always think that we have yeah. more than we, yeah. but we don't. That's pretty much it. <laughs> That's, that, that's it. We used to have a website. Yeah, well, we, we, we still have to that figure out. that out. <laughs> 13, 13 <laughs> weeks in and we still have no website. But it's fine. We got this. <laughs> One step at a time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll, we'll be, be good. We'll be good. Alright, guys. Alright. Alright, guys. Bye. Bye. Peace out. Bye. Bye.